The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. I text you a question, next minute my phone rings. What is wrong with you? Nothing worse than a salad orderer who then wants in on all the chips. Sorry, what section are you in? What section am I in? Someone's trying to board this flight with a semi-trailer-sized luggage. I think you should be more concerned with that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Literally Nobody Cares. I am again recording this on Wednesday because I'm useless uh, and the sketch is just really getting away from us. Hello. Um, anywho, I am doing this really on the fly here because I have to run to a meeting straight after this and this is just jammed in between things, um, which such is my life at the moment, but that's okay. Um, so I am just finding my page now in the old Nershvuku. How the fuck are we all just really? How's life? What's going on? Corona, Corona, Corona. Do I have many listeners in Melbourne? I don't even know. I feel like maybe we should air that situation out in the Facebook group. Uh, literally nobody cares on Facebook. Just pop in there. Let me know if you're from Melbourne. Do we have Melbourne peeps involved? What's going on? Um, yeah, really thinking of those guys. Hard lockdown. Poor. I mean, I'm sure it's you know going to somewhat spread and whatever else, but um, I don't know if I could do that, to be honest with you. I phew, That would really – I mean, shutting down basically all businesses would mean that I even wouldn't be able to come to my office. Um and so, you know, that, that would be tough. Um, you know, all those people who've got kids at home and stuff, I can't even fathom how difficult that must be. So I can't even, um, so I am thinking of you, uh, if you're in Melbourne, hit me up, maybe we'll send you a little something, something from James Cosmetics, you know, make the time go faster. Just apply those eye masks directly to the eyeballs, to just make it all go away. Um, that's always the joke, Cheryl. Okay. <laughs> They go under the eyes. Although you really can put them straight on your eyeballs. Uh, anyway, uh, what are we doing this week? So, you know, recap. You're getting the whole picture, what we're doing here, whatever else. This is going to be a more snappy episode. Snappy, snappy, because like I said, running to a meeting because I'm useless and stuff. Um, anywho, what have we got going on here? Week in review. Oh, over the weekend, I so actually, right now I'm supposed to be in Europe. Um, a lot of people are aware of that because they've been DMing me, actually. Um, I was supposed to be in London. I was supposed to be in Paris, Ireland, uh, Italy. Uh, possibly Greece. Um, there was a whole situation occurring. So I was supposed to be traveling um, partially with my family, partially not. Um, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that for Christmas last year, my family, um, I, I gave my family a gift to come with me on this big trip uh, around Europe. It was sort of a um, a bucket list trip, if you will. Courtney's uh, dream was to go to Pompeii which is in Italy. Uh, Mum's dream was to go back to Ireland where her mum is from uh, and dad's was to go to either the US Masters or the British Open um, and the timing just really worked out. So I was required in Europe this year because my amazing and incredible friend Jocelyn was getting married. Um, she's been based in London now for I think about 10 years, probably more actually. Uh, anyway, so I was supposed to be going over there for that um, and the timing was just all really random. I was able to get access to some corporate tickets to the British Open which was two weeks prior to the wedding, so it all sort of was working in. Obviously, COVID has ended that, um, so that's in the bin. But on the 1st of August, we were supposed to have the wedding, which actually turned out to be a Saturday night. Um, I mean, of course, it's a wedding. Hi. Um, and so in lieu of obviously being there, all of my closest friends um, came to my house and we did a Zoom party for Joss and Arthur. And so they all came to my house. We had some dinner and some drinks. And then my other amazing friend, Mel, who's in Dubai, she was uh, on, on the Zoom from Dubai and they're obviously on from London. So it was um, it was really nice. I tell you what, 
we're not so good at the zooms, guys. We really should have probably sustained a whole, you know, two to four person maximum per household because um, my little old laptop just didn't quite cope with the audio and situation. So really, um, thanks to Joss and Arthur for sticking in there with us. Um, no thanks for you, Mel. Just get fucked, really. Um, so thank you to them for sticking with us. But that was a tough one. But that was quite nice. That was my weekend. Um we, if you again follow me on socials, you would have seen that on Friday. So also the first of August is actually also Courtney's birthday, and so on the Friday, Courtney went away for a weekend with some friends, and so uh, we didn't see her on the weekend. So Thursday night we had like a little family dinner moment, um, but then on Friday I gave her my gift, um, which was a surprise of. Uh, a, a billboard campaign around the Gold Coast uh, to promote her podcast, She Was the Fire. Um, and so that, uh, which is working extremely hard on and trying to grow. And so I thought that would be something a little bit more unique and different than what I would normally do. So uh, I had all the staff sort of go to this certain location below one of the billboards and we set up a little breakfast that mum made. Um, and then, yeah, we, uh, we lied to Courtney about having to go to a meeting and whatever else. And she turned up, she was very shocked. So she's got, um, currently four billboards this week and then three or four the week. Anyway, it's a full month campaign of three and four billboards a week, uh, which is super cool. So if you're on the Gold Coast and you do see those, make sure that you're, um, sending us photos of those, tagging us on the social medias because love to see them. So that was my Friday, which was cool. I actually then went out to... So I went to lunch actually on Friday afternoon um, with very good friends of mine, Oliver and Jess. Oliver from Melbourne, who has been on this podcast before. Oliver is the CEO of Archer, which is the financial startup that I'm involved in uh, out of Melbourne. Um, so during when things were getting a bit dicey in Melbourne, um, Oliver f left because um, his parents are based here because he's originally from the Gold Coast um, and he came here. So And he's been camped out up in Tambourine Mountain hiding away from the... Uh, from the mess of it all, really. Um, anyway, we went to lunch with those guys at um, Rickshaws down in Burley. Um, really fabulous restaurant. Um, you know, it, it's look, you know, I, I love the food there um, and it's really great. Um, it's just I'm a little bit confused by the menu at times. I'm not quite sure if I'm having, you know, a stunning uh kingfish entree uh you know a, a raw kingfish ceviche moment uh and then moving on to what is what is their iconic i guess dish which is the bug roll which is a tempura bug roll and a brioche really fabulous they had fresh truffle i was shaving that it was just it was all happening um and then your mains you end up on this like a really heavy bizarro curry sort of moment with a fried rice and i i yeah I'm not a. I don't really know. I feel like the entrees are very strong there, and at the moment they're on a set menu because obviously COVID times, um, and all the food is beautiful there. I just. I think that I was just confused. I'm, I'm not sure, really sure if the mains match the entrees personally. What I will tell you is that the drinks matched. Um, they matched me. They matched the day. They matched the hour, um, and they were coming in hot. Really, so you know, testament to their their staff, testament to the situation there, uh, but. They were coming in hot and heavy, really. So what is iconic of rickshaws, if you will, is that when you go, uh, you're seated 
like literally on the beach basically. So it's built into like the side of the beach. And so where your table is, the waves, quite literally, if the waves are aggressive, it will splash up over potentially onto your table. Like that's a real scenario. So it's very, very close to the beach and it's quite a picturesque setting. And there's not a place in the world really that you would see that happening. Um, anyway, so basically uh, when you go, obviously the, the, the coveted tables, if you will, are right on the, the window's edge where you're like literally on the water which is fabulous. When I got there, that's not where I was seated. So, you know, really great start to the day. That's okay. Um, we were seated one table back from that scenario, which was still better than being seated in the rear of the building um, where some people are. So anyway, we were seated there. That was fine. We had a great lunch and whatever else. As the sort of the day continued on, we obviously were having a great time. We just continued drinking. And so we had uh, outwitted, outlast, and outplayed the other guests of the of the restaurant they had left already, um, whereas we were there for you know a good time and a long time. So once they had sort of vacated, it was clear to me that we were kind of in that weird transition period where the next sitting hasn't arrived yet. Uh, you know, the restaurant's a little bit quiet because we're waiting for the next sitting. It's COVID times. So they're having to be hard on sitting times. And it's not just a free for all. And so basically I then said to the waitress, look, could we just move up, you know, Oliver and Jess first time at rickshaws. Could we move up to this front table here until the next sitting? We're probably going to have one more drink anyway, and then we'll just move on. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So we moved up to there. Uh, then very quickly, the waitress was like, actually, um, I've blown it. Uh, the next sitting's here in about 30 seconds. You just have to fuck right off. And so I was like, mm, well, I feel like the next thing's at 5.30 and it's about quarter past five. So I feel like we've got about five to 10 minutes before we need to vacate. And she's like, well, we do need to set the table. I was like, well, I still feel like I've got five minutes. So she went away and then she came back and she was like, I really need you to leave. Now, what she didn't realize is that she was walking straight in the middle of a hornet's nest, really, because we had up our sleeves on a set menu. Uh, we hadn't actually received the dessert. They had forgotten to give that to us. Now, I was happy to forego the dessert because I was having, you know, four to five cocktails in replacement of, that, of said dessert um, in terms of room in my stomach. You know, it's just – it's really just maths. Um, and so I – had that up my sleeve. And so when she was like, mm, you're going to have to move. I was like, mm, where was my dessert? So um, everyone like a, a lit candle just melted right in front of me um, as they then scurried away to try and determine how in the flying fuck dessert hadn't been served. So they came back over there unbelievably un apologetic. You know, all of a sudden we were welcome to stay on the table until midnight. You know, the whole world had just opened up for us. The world was our oyster at that stage, really. Um, they brought out the dessert, which quite frankly, I could have gone without. Because as I said, I'd already drank four to five cocktails in replacement of it. Uh, and they also brought out, which is the first time I've ever had it, an espresso martini shot. Now, that's something I can get on board with. Okay, love an espresso martini. But, you know, at that sort of point, I had consumed my body weight in alcohol. And so I just felt as though, you know, a very heavy, creamy cocktail wasn't what I was looking for. But a shot... Hi, how are you? So that was very interesting to me. I'm not sure if anyone's had one of those before. Let me know. But that was my Friday afternoon the other day. So that was very interesting um, turn of events, really. Uh, fabulous turn of events, really. Um, you know, we're trying to get back on this health and fitness run. As you all know, I, I am health. Um, I am fitness. I am lifestyle. I am fitspo. I am a health and fitness inspiration, aspiration, all the words. Um and so I'm trying to get back on that. As you know, during COVID, uh, strong COVID times, I'll call them because um, I wouldn't call it strong COVID times right now. But um, during strong COVID times, uh, on the Gold Coast anyway, obviously, I don't want to hear about it, Cheryl. I get Melbourne's in a fucked up place. And like, you know, people are just dropping dead all over the place in the US. It's terrific over there. Um, anyway, so basically I was um, 
really strong onto it through those strong COVID periods. I was working out every morning. I was eating really healthy. I was cooking every day. As the restrictions have lightened and obviously I'm going out more and I'm at the office more and my days have extended. We've taken on a huge piece of business in the US and so my days are now unbelievably long. Um, you know, most days I'm up at 4.30 um, and then sort of, you know, I'm at the office until five-ish and then, um, you know, go home, have dinner, whatever, a few more emails, bits and pieces, and then sort of try and go to sleep before I can start the day again. So the days are very long. And so that has obviously meant that I can't necessarily get up any earlier to work out. That's just not a real thing. I don't want to hear about it. It's not a time thing. You just get fucked. Um, it's not an excuse thing. I should say not a time thing. It is a time thing. Um, yes, that's just not working for me. So basically I am sort of diving back in as much as I possibly can. I am adding the gym back into my regime. So I'm going to the gym twice to three times a week at the moment is the plan. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the plan because let's fucking be honest. Um, but you know, I am, I am the, the thinnest, the healthiest, the, the lightest pick a fucking word. Nobody gives a fuck. Um, <clears throat> that I've ever been in my life. Um, well, look, there was a moment there when I was born when I was presumably lighter, but in my adult life, this is probably the, the lightest I have been, which is fabulous, you know, uh, means that I can really wear whatever, um, in terms of clothing at Louis Vuitton, because I actually fit all of them now, you know, appropriately not having to have things flown in from overseas because they're difficult. Um, so yeah, basically I'm, um, I'm adding the gym back in and it's just not for me, you know, like, oh, such effort. But really, here's my problem, right? Like I'm the lightest I've ever been, which is great, but I really now need the 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 weights to sort of, you know, add the whole muscle scenario situation to it. I, I'm I'm reticent to be using words like muscle, but here we are. Um, and so I need the weight, so I have to go to a gym, you know. During strong COVID times, I was doing the home workouts, which great, you know, lost a lot of weight, but now I really need to be pivoting to this whole, uh, you know, weight situation. Oh, let me tell you what a, what fucking dedication it takes. These people are like IBFFQRTPS2135 pros or whatever the fuck their titles are. They're like the healthiest people alive doing shows or whatever else, prancing around a stage showing their abs off. I just don't know how you do it, to be honest. That's just, it's just not for me. And, you know, I'm very self-aware. I'm not the person who's ever going to be like ripped to the six pack. Sorry, that's just not going to be me. I'm not going to do that. Could I do it if I really wanted to put my mind to it and that was all my focus was? I mean, probably, but I don't know why. And it would be unbelievably difficult for me because that's just not my personality type in the slightest. So I'm trying to leverage the fact that it's the healthiest I've ever been to try and go a little bit further. Because obviously, you know, it's a lot harder. You can't just start. Well, I mean, you can just start using weights at any stage, but you're not going to start toning up or whatever else if, you, if you're carrying a lot of extra weight like I was. So I'm trying to use that time now, but it's just a situation. So I've got Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday as my current times. Uh, Wednesday has already folded because um, today is Wednesday and um, I can't attend today because there's been meeting clashes so my personal trainer can't maneuver around that schedule. So we're trying to move that till tomorrow, um, which should be interesting. But then I'm also wanting to do a Saturday morning. I just feel like I'm wasting a lot of my Saturday mornings because I'm up so early during the week. I then get up really early on the weekends. You know? Anyway, I don't think anyone gives a flying fuck about this, but that's just, that's where I'm at. Um, what else have I got down here on my little... Um, my little notes here, the Melbourne, the new outbreak, I've sort of already touched on that. Obviously wild, obviously insane. The lockdown thing, I can't even fathom. If you're in Melbourne, I'm really thinking of you. Um, a lot of people have asked me to comment today on the two girls who have come back into uh, 
back into Queensland um, who lied. And it's become a bit of a melting pot scenario, right? Like, so the two girls who came back in, um, I don't know if they have directly said it, but their brother said it on an ACA interview that it was racism. Um, they were being targeted because they were black. Um, and then, you know, now newspapers are saying that they don't want to publish the faces of three men who've done basically the exact same thing uh, because of their mental health. Now, I just want to be clear that obviously we're not trying to create a whole scenario in this podcast where I get attacked or pitchforked, but um, just to be clear, ladies, uh, you are attacked and vilified because of pure, baseless stupidity. You're both dumb fucks. Um, that doesn't matter uh, where you're from, where you've been, what what's going on in your life, what your race, your religion, your sexuality, your sex. That really wasn't a factor of you being a dumb fuck. What is the factor is that you have um, you have hands and with those hands you filled out a form that is an official government form, a federal form, if you will, where you are openly lied. I would argue committed fraud, but, you know, who am I to be pointing out Section 408C of the Queensland Criminal Code? Um, you know, that's just my personal thoughts. But you filled it out and you lied and then you came in and you threatened not only the lives of of everyday people, but also the economy. The economic impacts of another outbreak, just CC Melbourne on that because um, it's unbelievable. And so the level of selfishness and fuckery that you've committed here is on a different level. If I was the Premier, I would be finding myself the nearest legal team to find a way to put you in prison. You know, really isolated too, just a prison in the middle of nowhere. Like I would just like to build some sort of prison underground where we'll just never find you again because I can't handle that. You know, and not never again, but I think that you could use 90 days in prison to just stare at a wall and think about filling that form out and just thinking why you thought you were more important than every other person in this state and why you felt it was appropriate to risk the lives of all those people who are at risk with this hideous virus, you know? Really just have a think of what's happened there. So my opinion, I don't feel as though race came into it. And I also would have thought that that was somewhat insulting to be bringing race into it because, you know, I, I don't know. There's no correlation between your race and lying. So I don't understand what why I bring that even up. I'm not sure what's happened there. Now, again, to clarify, I don't know or believe that the girls have brought that up themselves. That's what their brother has said on an current affair interview when he was, you know, seemingly trying to defend them. And I don't feel like very well. To comment on the three guys who the news media is saying that they don't want to publish their names um, because of their mental health. And to be fair, I can fathom those two girls would be going through some very tough mental times because everyone knows who they are. Everyone knows what they did. What they did was so unbelievably selfish and rose to such an abhorrent level that um, I can imagine them being vilified both on social media and in real life. Now, I don't wish that on anyone. Um, what I would say is that if they were spending 90 days in prison, that that wouldn't have been happening to them. So, you know, just another reason why we should do that. But uh, I, I don't think anyone deserves that. So like they go out there being vilified. But I, I also feel at the exact same time, this isn't a normal circumstance. You know, that you have committed what is to me tantamount to treason against Queensland, you have put everybody at risk, both their, their actual lives. You know, you, you literally could have been a result of killing people quite literally, uh, 
in addition to the economic impacts, which are also having huge and lasting effects on on Queensland, the economy and the people who live here. And what I would argue is you're inflicting similar uh, horrific mental health uh, issues upon people who are now having to, you know, seek counselling and whatnot for losing the business they built their whole life, for losing loved ones who've passed away, for having to spend, you know, extended periods inside. Um, all of these things is something that you're bringing back. So uh, I have little sympathy for that, although I would never wish that upon them. But what I will say is this, I feel as though the three guys who've, you know, been involved in this scenario who have come over the border and, and done a similar thing, fuck them. I, I would like to see their faces. I think they should be subject to the exact same thing. And I understand, obviously, that, you know, someone obviously hasn't thought things through when we put the two girls on the front page of the paper uh, and thought, well, this is really going to, you know, involve some bullying and some harassment. Uh, and so maybe that wasn't the best decision to be made in terms of, you know, corporate responsibility and liability. But fuck them. The government isn't stepping up with sufficient fines or incriminations for people who are doing this, in my opinion. I don't feel as though a $4,000 fine is sufficient. Whilst $4,000 is a lot of money, don't get me wrong, I don't feel like when you hear it, it makes you go, fuck, $4,000. You know, it's $4,000. Probably put you on a payment plan. You know what I mean? It'd be like, pay it off by 2060. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that's a that's sort of any sort of... Uh, I'm losing my mind today and I can't find the words. Deterrent is the word I was looking for. Um, I was thinking that started with R. I just don't feel like that's much of a deterrent, $4,000. I feel as though what we need is a one, whopping fine, and two, possible jail time. Now, legally speaking, it's probably quite difficult to quickly get that into place where you can hold someone, you know, potentially um, put them in jail. But I think find a way because there has to be some strong deterrent for doing this. And I just think that like, if you're supposed to be self-isolating and we pop by your house, just a little tap on the door and you don't pop out the front, excellent, jail. You know what I mean? Absolute fucking jail. Whether that means we just put you in your house and we lock the door from the outside, whether that means we put you in a physical jail, I'm not sure what it means, but fuck you. You're not more important than anyone else. In fact, you're less important. You know, if you're the type of person who has this predisposition where you're willing to go and put people's lives at risk, you're a fucking loser and we don't even want you in society to begin with. You know what I mean? We've just been stuck with you. And we've made do, but we're stuck with you, okay? So just shush and sit at home because believe me, if you're this type of person, nobody wants to see you anyway. No one wants to catch up. No one wants to have lunch. Once they realize the type of person you are deep down, they won't be friends with you anymore. So don't worry yourself. Anyway... So my personal opinion is, let's get those straight boys' faces out there. Don't really give two flying fucks. Will it be a hard time for them? Yes, it will. CC the rest of Queensland. It's about to be a hard time for us too. Because if we start finding more cases and we have to start closing businesses, what happens then when people lose their business that they've been building for their entire lives? When their livelihood goes down the drain? When they can't afford their rent? Job seeker, job keeper, whatever the fuck, those things are coming to an end. What happens when it comes to an end in September? What if there's no other government incentive available to these people and they've lost their, their primary income? Now they're going to go and find a job. Great time to find a job. No. Unacceptable. You should have to put up with some pain. And I don't feel that mental health is a strong enough shield that should just be, well, it's fine. If the government is going to do this, their job in trying to find an aggressive and clear punishment for committing such an egregious crime against the state, then... We need to do something else. And let me tell you, I would have thought that it would be 
uh, a very clear deterrent if my face is going to be on the front page of the paper if I did this and brought this into the state. That certainly is wow. You know what I mean? That's a nightmare. And so I would think that's really probably helping the scenario. Far more than a $4,000 fine is. $4,000, come on. I mean, really? I understand it's a lot of money, but no. So I have just no time for that. I know a lot of people want me to comment on that. Obviously, this is my opinion. Um, I don't think this is going to be a shock to anyone, but I just, I can't fathom a world where people are this volume of selfish that they just give zero fucks about the whole scenario. You know, you have been in a hotspot, a clear hotspot with massive, massive outbreak. How on earth did you think it was a good idea to not engage in a self-isolation and to lie on the form. And that's what's worse about it to me. It wasn't that you didn't realize. It wasn't some sort of mistake of fact. You've tangibly and intentionally lied. You have defrauded the state. I have no time for that. And I don't know if it's a state form or a federal form, but regardless, there needs to be stronger penalties for this kind of thing. And subject to there being stronger penalties, I think name and shame them. Fuck them. I honestly have no time in the world for these types of people. You know, back in those days where it was like they used to put on the milk cartons, I think it was a missing children or it was like the most wanted list or something to that effect. I think it was the FBI's most wanted list it used to be on milk cartons. Fuck them. Put them on everything. I have no issue with it. And I think that if they need to be shamed into staying at home, cool. Stay at home then. You thought 14 days was bad? Try 60. Go to jail then. I really just have no chill for those people. I can't fathom how on earth you get to that situation. You know, and what's worse is these people who are lying whatever else. Imagine how many other people are currently in Melbourne, Sydney, International, whatever else, who are Queensland residents primarily or Queensland um, citizens, not citizens is the right word, but people who are predominantly presiding in Queensland who now want to come home who can't or who can't afford the you know $2,800 hotel bill when you have to self-isolate or all of these factors and they're staying put where they are or they're not coming back because they don't want to risk bringing it or all of these factors and they're doing that and they're sitting there and they see these selfish, disgusting people just go, fuck everyone, I'll do what I want. I'm so self-important. Ugh, vile. So unimportant. Good luck finding a job after all this. Anyway, that's my thoughts on those fools. Um, this week, as I mentioned last week, um, what we're trying to do is have uh, a topic that's sort of put forward either by you, the people, uh, who are doing the people's work whilst I do the Lord's work. Um, and so, uh, you know, some of those suggestions come through a DM and we're sort of filing them away. Uh, and I'm also taking suggestions from my team here at the office who uh, give that to me every Monday. This week's one that I have down here is lift etiquette. Now, for long-time watchers of my Instagram, I've actually touched on this before. But lift etiquette to me is a strong and clear necessity in a civilized society, okay? Now, I'm not talking about these two girls who entered Queensland getting out of an elevator because it's clear they just fucking bowl out and knock everyone down. You know what I mean? It's clear that's the sort of way that they would act. What I am discussing is the following, right? Now, I used to work in a building. Uh, my old office was based in a building and it was five floors. We were on the third floor. So you would have to use an elevator every day, right? A single elevator is not multiple. It's a small building. I have worked previously in uh, businesses for other companies when I've worked there uh, where there's multiple elevators, you know, up and down. You know, we're on like the 20th floor, blah, 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 all of those things. So, yes, yeah, sorry. I used to work in a building that obviously had multiple lifts and was a lot bigger. I think it was, you know, 15 floors or something to that effect. Anyway. I can't stand in a lift scenario, right? Shopping centers, workplaces, wherever the fuck you are, right? Wherever a lift is in play. When the lift doors open, right? Just bear with me. 
there is a really fucking high chance that there's someone in there. Okay? Really fucking high. Because what a lift does is it transports people from floor to floor. Okay? Now, it's very rare in scenarios unless you're, you know, in a ghost town that a lift is doing nothing. It's just come just for your usage. You know, that's it. Nine times out of ten, there's going to be someone in the lift. Now, lift etiquette would dictate, in my opinion, that you should stand back, wait for the doors to fucking open, assess the scenario. Is there someone inside? Are they getting out? Are they staying in? What's occurring? And then you make a decision. There's a reason the doors remain open for a period of time. It's to allow regular human beings to make an assessment so that you're not just waiting for the doors to just tiny open and you're just fucking throwing yourself straight through that gap. No. People need to be able to doors open, leave, you enter, continue on. I don't feel like it's this difficult, but it feels to me every time I go near an elevator, it's unbelievably difficult for people because when you get there, every single fucking time I'm going to leave an elevator, the doors open, you go to leave and they rush you. Don't run at me. This isn't some sort of running of the bulls. This isn't some sort of, you know, sports scrum scenario. I shan't be rushed back into the elevator. So every time I leave an elevator, people rush me or rush in at me. Oh, I give them a look and I do the excuse me. You know, I do the full face, I get the whole, excuse me? You know, they need to know. How hard was it just stand outside, you psycho? What what are you racing in here for? What do you think is going to happen? There's no prize in here. We're not hiding your dignity in here. You gave that up. There's no reason to just squeeze yourself through that gap. I don't get it. I just feel as though people are losing a real sense of people around them, a self-awareness, if you will, uh, you know, a spatial awareness as well, just assessment of the scenario. It's the same as the escalators. When you're standing on an escalator, it's very clear what's happening around you, is it not? If there's someone behind you, someone in front of you, you know, if you're talking to a person, stand to the sides, so someone can pass you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's almost like advanced usage of an escalator, advanced usage of an elevator. Okay, if you don't have the ability to assess the space around you on an escalator, just stand to the side, stand immediately to the left. If you're traveling in a group of two, both of you are going to stand like, you know, in a single file in front of each other to the left, okay? Because you don't have the rights to advanced use of an escalator. What is advanced use, you ask? The ability to, whilst also being on the escalator, assessing around you if there are other persons, An advanced user is able to stand on the same, you know, left and right, on the same stair, if you will, although that seems a little bit creepy, but on the left and right, which would block passage for other people on the escalator, right? You can stand on the left and right when there's no one around you. And as someone approaches, this is where the advanced user, you know, tip comes in. You step off to the left allowing them free passage past you. Advanced, I know, but they are the two levels of escalator user, and it's the same for an elevator. If you can't fathom the concept of waiting for the doors to open, assessing what is happening in the elevator before you then proceed to join the other people in there to enter an empty elevator, etc., then you're a complete fucking moron. I can't fathom, right? The advanced elevator user can make that fast assessment. They stand to the side, the doors are opening, they assess, there's nothing they can move in, like the wind, right? They can move as the doors are still moving because you can make that assessment, you can see what's occurring. That's an advanced user. I don't think many people are at that stage yet, so I don't think that you should do it, 
Okay, I think you should start as a beginner. Stand to the fucking left, wait for the doors to finish opening, wait for movement, and then make a decision on what you're doing, okay? Same thing if you're in a lift. What happens if you're in a lift and it's packed, okay? And you're like a shopping center, this happens in America all the time. You're going up the levels, you know, level four, men's underwear, men's clothing, men's whatever, shoes. And people just stand there like a blockade. Hey, fuck stick. There are 50 people in the elevator. Chances are someone needs out at this level. What do you do? You either step out of the elevator. Yes, I'm aware you're not getting off on this floor. You just step out. You put your arm up to the side to cover the sensor of the door so that the people don't leave you behind because you can't trust them to hold the door. Let's be honest. Then you allow free passage for those to exit. Then you step back in, remove your hand, and the doors will close. This is the advanced elevator user, okay? If you're unable to be that person, hug the fucking wall. Hug the wall permanently. You can't operate. You don't know what's going on. Hug the wall until it's time to leave the elevator. These are advanced movements. I understand it's blowing Christy Lee's fucking mind. I understand it's blowing Cheryl's mind. Karen is in pieces on the floor at the idea of this, okay? These are the advanced users. Heaven forbid you join an elevator where there is a person in a wheelchair because people just fucking lose their mind then. Newsflash, you can provide assistance. You can hold the door. You can help them. Oh my God, super advanced. Let me fucking tell you, that one is just a real situation. I can't stand, oh, lift operators. They just have no idea. Anywho, um, that was this week's key topic from the team. Okie dokie. So I'm going to pop into my Instagram here and I'm going to open some of the uh, questions that I was sent in on that box the other day. I did mention that I would do some Q&A stuff. So there's no preparation here. I'm just going to do a, a click through and then just a real live walkthrough of what options we've got here. Laurie, 1570, you seem to be thriving during this pandemic and a breakup. How are you doing? You look great. Or how are you doing it? You look great. Love you the most, Laurie, 1570. Uh, I'm feeling really great, to be honest with you. All is really happening. Um, It's all continuing on. It's all moving. It's all shaking. It's all going on. Uh, yeah, I'm doing fantastic, really. Um, I, as I've said, and I've discussed at the top of this podcast, I've lost quite a bit of weight, um, which has been great. I use COVID to really use that time to really double down on that, which has been great. We're now going to phase two of that process. Hopefully, uh, we'll utilize the gym to just sort of, you know, build a, an even better me. Um, you know, and it's been a really unbelievable time for the businesses. We've grown exponentially. Um, things are very good in my world at the moment. I understand that's not the case for everyone. And I do feel for everyone, but you know, you ask the question as the answer. Um, this is a really random question because I have no memory of this, but, um, Rebecca Chesky has asked me, what is the update on your electrical bill from your neighbor? Now, I don't know. Are you familiar? Is this audience familiar with there being an issue with my electricity at my house? I don't know if I spoke about this. I, I didn't think that I had, but can people let me know? But I'm going to tell that story on the next episode because it's a fucking doozy. Let me tell you, a fucking doozy. You're going to love that story. Uh, thank you for that, Rebecca. And if I did talk about that, wow, you're fucking a 10 out of 10, aren't you? Really just with the memory. Uh, what else we got going here? 
working with family, love or find it tricky from Mrs. Serum? Uh, look, I do love it. Um, you know, one thing about working with your family is that, well, with my family anyway, I can't speak about others, but one thing about working with my family is that you've got to guarantee that they'll have your back. And that's really important, obviously, for a lot of reasons. Um, and for my business, because I travel a lot, I move around a lot. It does mean that there are scenarios where obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of people that interact with our business and you need people who are going to really have your back. So that's something that you can't replace in terms of family. They've always got my back when I leave the building, when I'm out of the country, when I'm out of the state, whatever else. Um, you know, things are being overseen by people who have your best interests at heart. Um, but certainly day to day, there's a lot of trickiness to it. There is absolutely no doubt about that. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of maneuvering. Um, but uh, that's the same really in any scenario with staff, whatever else. It just adds a layer of complexity. But um, I think it comes down to, you know, management styles and, and family dynamics and whatnot and, and making sure that things don't bleed too much into the, the personal side and the business side. So just managing that. But I wouldn't change it for the world um, is the overall question, I would think. Now, I have to cut this here because I have to go to a phone call now, unfortunately. So it is a shorter up this week. Sorry about that. Love you all the most. Next week's episode, we will cover the electricity story and I'll do more of those questions. Thank you as always for writing those questions in. Any other questions, hit me up on DM. Hit me up uh, when I put the next question box out. Uh, uh, the private Facebook group, literally nobody cares on Facebook. Hit us up there. Love you all the absolute most. Speak to you soon. Have a fabulous rest of your week. <laughs>